Hello one and all and welcome back to NG Meets. This week's guest is Jethro Durant of the Knots Rockcast podcast. If you're not familiar with it, the Knots Rockcast podcast is the Nottingham alternative scene podcast. It's been going for just over a year and it's picking up a great stream of listeners. And it was great to get Jethro in and we had a chat about how and why the podcast started what goes into putting the podcast together, podcasting world in general, uh, the connection to social media, the importance of that, and why we both think that anyone who has an idea for a podcast should just get out there and give it a go. Um, I highly recommend you check out the Knots Rockcast podcast. And as it happens, as I say, they've just celebrated their first birthday. And there's a great episode to start with, which is... Uh, the 40th episode which was a top 10 podcast birthday special so a collection of the top 10 episodes they've done so far so that's a great starting point for anyone that's interested in checking that out and you'll find out a lot more about the podcast in this episode Uh, one thing i did want to cross though because it comes up in the episode is that uh, they're running a special um, for their 50th episode which is obviously coming up soon on the 1st of december they've got an excellent episode where they're going to be recording it in front of a uh, live audience at the sow we talk a lot more about what goes into that later on in the episode but we didn't mention the date of it i don't think in the episode so as i say that's on the 1st of december which is a sunday and you can find that event on uh, facebook if you head over to facebook.com forward slash knots rockcast you can find all the information there okay, before we go on of course don't forget you can also find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash ngdigital and on twitter at ngdigitaluk and this episode along with all episodes including last week's episode with nottingham forest director johnny owen is available at ngdigital.podbean.com so that's enough for that i'm going to move on now this is ng meets episode 18 with the knots rockcast podcast Here with uh, Jethro Dorrant, who runs the uh, Knots Rockcast. Yes. Uh, thank you for joining us this afternoon. No problems. It's it's it's, it's interesting you've approached me because usually I'm the one in your seat. Yes. <laughs> well, it's like, um, obviously, there's it's a growing thing podcasting. There's quite a growth in local ones and things, and I thought it'd be nice to to get that presenter the other side of the microphone type thing and yeah. Talk about what goes on into in the podcast world. Obviously, you know what the podcasts we do are very different to a degree, but there's similarities. Yeah, which uh, we could talk to, but also just you know, do you want to kick things off? Just tell people exactly what Knots Rockcast is. Knots Rockcast was an an idea I had. I I work a full time job during the day. I make audio visual cables, tattoo cables. Now it's eight hours work, as most people know, and I sit there listening to podcasts because quite a lot of the time it's soldering and I will listen to podcasts. My favourite ones for talking about are 
recording studio rock stars, working class audio, Bobby Ozinski's um, podcast, and there's loads more that just kept popping up. But I was sat there thinking, well, I'd got through all the recording studio rock stars one, and I was way on the way to finishing working class audio. And I thought, oh, I wonder if there's a Nottingham rock or metal podcast or something, or something for the alternative scene in Nottingham. So I went on Google, as I did. Well, as you do, not as, yeah, I, as, well, as I did. But as, as most people do these days, if they don't know something, they'll Google it. Yeah. And I searched Nottingham rock podcast or Nottingham alternative podcast, and not much was coming up. The most I kept seeing was like the BBC's podcast. Yeah. And I thought this Nottingham keeps getting referred to as the epicentre of the alternative scene. And there wasn't a podcast for the alternative scene in Nottingham. And I was at a slump in my studio business at the time. And I thought, well, I need to start recording more. I need to get out and I need to make sure I'm recording things. And there isn't a podcast, so why don't I just do it? And it seems to have turned into this crazy, interesting thing that people keep telling me I'm doing a good job with, which is surprising. I didn't think it would get too many places, but now I'm up to, and I announced on last Sunday's podcast, uh, last Monday's podcast, sorry, that I've had 4,344 listens in the 38 episodes that I've done. And that is now peaking around about 500 to 550 listens a week. Yeah. And this is simply... Knott's Rockcast is the alternative scene podcast for Nottingham. Uh, so I've called it. And I play two songs a week in it from local bands and from bands that I see out. When I, when I go to a gig and there's a support act that I don't know. I'll ask them to send me some music. Yeah. Uh, so I'll play two songs a week. I'll do interviews with people. I've had Bob from the Tap and Tumblr, Jason from the Salutation, Tony Leathers who does the rock karaoke on a Friday, every other Friday night, and other interesting people like live sound engineers and stuff. And it's, yeah, the, the contact I'm getting from it is amazing. But like we were talking before, there's a lot of work to it. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. I think when you went into this, into this, did you ever anticipate just how much work? Because I don't think I did when I first got into sort of radio and things like that. And a lot of people think you just turn up, do your two hours or you record in and then go off and enjoy the rest of your week. But you don't. Not really. It's... I have this discussion a lot with people. You have to budget for admin time. Now, I didn't realise how much admin yeah. it was, like you said then. I will spend two to three hours during a chat, because I don't like to call them interviews. I love to call them chats. It makes people feel a lot more, yeah. you know, at home. And it literally, like we're talking here, that is how I record the podcasts. I don't mind that people have a drink. I don't mind that people say, oh, well, you're allowed to swear on this one because I don't want to if you don't. Yeah, it's... it's but fine. I rate all mine explicit because I don't like to hold people back. And as people will know about rock and alternatives types, yeah. the personas, we're, we're quite 
Aggressive's not the greatest word. I'd call the music aggressive. But we're very outspoken with a lot of things we say sometimes, especially in the music and the vocals. Yeah. So I don't mind holding, you know, I don't mind saying it's explicit. But I don't allow people to obviously f and blind as much as they can. It it doesn't make for good listening. No, it's it's fine as long as it's sort of mm. part of the conversation. Well, yeah. And not just for the sake of it only. Mm. But as I'm saying, so I do the two, three hours with the chat. Then it'll take me another two, three hours to edit the chat. Just make sure there's no pops, clicks, hisses, chairs rattling, someone putting down a drink on the table. And then I'll have to record the interim bits, like the introduction. And then I do a gig guide each week. So I have to then call out all the names. And trust me, don't ever start a gig guide. (laughs) If you're going to promote metal bands, don't start a gig guide because you'll never pronounce any of their names correctly. (laughs) It was, honestly, I was like, what have I just let myself in for? But it's not like I can get rid of it now because a lot of people are listening to it and going to the gigs. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. And then I do a new section, which I'm struggling with because I really am not the biggest person on news. And then once the editing's done, once my interim, I call them interim parts, are done, then I have to zoom it down to MP3. I have to make sure all the levels are correct because coming from an audio engineering background, you know, it's good practice. Yeah. And it's... Some podcasts I listen to, it's a struggle going from one to the other because the levels are slightly up and down. You'll have to adjust your headphones so i make sure that hopefully mine are all constant i did get some feedback saying that my voiceovers were lower than the interviews so i made sure i double check that now and change my software so then once i've done that then i've got to upload it and then you've got to sit there and write show notes and if anybody has learned anything about me i'm the most dyslexic person in the world but i don't let it hold me back so I literally will sit there for probably up to an hour trying to write a page of show notes. And that's the hardest part of it. Yeah. Then you've got advertising, Instagram and stuff on the top. Yeah, exactly. You you know, these sort of, especially, you know, what you'd call DIY podcasts mm. without, you know, they don't get anywhere without getting the word out there. And the only way to get the word out there is to be hammering social media and yes and then you know encouraging people obviously to share it but if you aren't giving you aren't getting out there and sharing it yourself why is anyone else going to share it well exactly and And so like i spoke slightly before and i said we really shouldn't talk about it until we get into (laughs) it i do um ask jethro a question every other week where I'll put a picture up on Facebook, I'll put a picture up on Instagram so people can comment and ask a question. And it's struggling to take off. The the, the ones where I got lots of questions is where I physically went round and messaged people, said I'm starting this new thing. Oh, yeah, 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 I'll do it. But trying to get people... Oh, trying to get a following is hard these yeah. days because the oversaturation of information from the internet It's huge. Everyone's got a smartphone. Everyone's looking down at their phone. And 
me trying to get my little bit of information across can get lost. So I do understand it. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and it's so distracting. I mean, I'll go on uh, something and I'll think, oh, I need to do that. Oh, look, there's an interesting thing to, and no, I mean, you'll, you'll just, you'll be thinking, well, I need to fill that in or I'm going to have a read of that. That looks really interesting. Yeah. I'm just going to check Facebook first. And, and you completely forgot that you've got, I've got no end of things like, I'll have no end of tabs open yeah. on my computer because I'll open something, I'll have a read of that in a minute. And hours later, I've just got distracted talking to someone or looking up. It's difficult. And I think as well, because podcasting obviously is its benefit, obviously, is people can listen to it when they want. And that's yeah. its benefit over traditional radio. Yeah. But at the same time, because you're not talking to the person, you know, traditional radio, the phone in, which was probably the biggest thing about radio still, yeah. it's there, it's happening at that time. So people ring in, engage, have that conversation. And I think that's possibly where it's difficult for podcasts because, and like you say, ins- you're calling for people to get in touch and they're thinking, well, I'll do it later because they're not, it's not live. They don't, I don't have to ring between two and four to get on, so I'll do it in a bit and then get yeah. distracted. Well, it's, it's, it's modern life. We have become so busy in our modern lives that there's so much to do that, you know, you always have to shunt one thing out of your life. Some people to take it to some extreme, some people it's not going for a walk or it's not, it's not putting the washing on every other day. It's putting it on once a week and they're the kind of extreme sides of it. But something like following a podcast or following your favorite band, you know, you'll, you'll shun it because going to go socialise with friends or you'll shun the friends because you're following the band and yeah I, I completely understand that the time that you put in and get across to people has to be a lot because that's the incentive something like radio where people would call in the incentive's there do you yeah. want to win a thousand pounds call in now yeah I, I can't offer people a thousand pounds <laughs> if I had a thousand pounds I'd be making the podcast better <laughs> so yeah it's it's the old adage when you watch YouTube or you listen to a podcast and at the end everyone says go like and share and believe it or not a like and a share will show 10 people 10 of your friends that this podcast is happening <laughs> and it's more important than ever because you know, Facebook and Twitter forever making it harder and harder yeah. to get the word out there unless you're willing to throw cash at sponsored ads and that kind of thing. Facebook, years ago, you could have a page and you could get word out there and people would hear about it. Now, unless you're willing to pay for, you know, the promotion on the, of Facebook's... Yeah, the paid thing, advertising. Now, you'll look and you'll put something up and you'll see, you know, even if you've got a thousand people in your thing, in your page come up underneath, won't it, and say, seen by 27 people. Yeah. Because they're making it so much more difficult because they want you to spend your money on the advertising. Very much. And I... So I've spoken to four promoters now, and they've all got different ways of going about it. Some go paid advertising, which goes direct. Some do word of mouth, and some do a lot of Facebook posts. And you know, keep ramming it down the throat sort of thing. But the one thing that a few of them have got in common is the promoters of Nottingham. I don't know whether it happens around the country, but in Nottingham, the alternative scene promoters work together. Yeah. 
because when they've got an event, sometimes you'll get 300 send to friend or shares. Sometimes you'll get 50. So if you've got three promoters that have only got 50 shares between them, that's 150 shares, so long as they all share each other yeah. as events, which then grabs a bigger scope sort of thing. So that was why I kind of said, I'll do the gig guide. A, it's a filler. B, I'm telling people in a podcast each week what's coming up. I know in a year's time that this week's gig guide won't be relevant, but it might be interesting because someone will probably listen to it and went, oh, I went to that gig last year. Oh, that's brought back a memory. Yeah. And again, it promotes how much I believe in the Nottingham alternative scene. Definitely. And I think as well, by doing the gig guide, in terms of getting the word out there, obviously you can put a message up and you can tag bands that were in the gig guide. Yeah. Which, you know, instead of, so instead of having maybe three people part of that episode, yeah. you've got a dozen mm. people and the ones that are the heavy social media users will share that yeah. to their, however many fans they've got on their band page, etc. I do tag people when I think it's relevant, but the problem I've got is, bar London, I believe Nottingham is the most busiest city for gigs. And I'm not just talking the alternative scene gigs, because we've got a lot going on. Yeah. But I'm talking the pop gigs that happen here, the jazz gigs, the blues gigs, your covers bands. There's a lot of entertainment going on in this city. And I say I say a lot on the podcast, doesn't matter what night you're on, there's always something going. Yeah. And if there isn't in the alternative scene, there is to do with something else. Even clubs and social events, there's tons of that. Yeah, it's definitely it's it's certainly over the last ten years now it's really exploded in Nottingham. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of that comes just from I mean I think part of it comes from being such a big student yeah. city that means not only is there an influx of new people coming every year, but there's also an influx of new bands forming and yeah. creating, because obviously students come along, get together, make a band, yeah. and they that evolves all the time. I mean, you look at bands now, and you know, so many of the sort of local bands that I followed are made up of this from this band, this from this band, you know, where stu- cause students have gone, others have stayed. Yeah. So it's, like you're saying, there's always so much going on. But I don't know. Music. I don't know whether you're originally from Nottingham or not. Yeah, you are. Yeah, born, am, born yeah. and raised. Yeah, never lived anywhere else. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not. I'm from down south. I moved up to Mansfield, twenty third of December, two thousand and nine, and then moved from Mansfield to Ollerton, then moved back to Mansfield, then moved to Ollerton again, <laughs> and then moved to Beeston. Because my two years that I was last in Ollerton, I found I was catching a Sherwood Arrow from Ollerton to Nottingham. And I was coming out early mid-morning and having what I called a, a jolly. So I'd go into the tap and I'd go into the salutation, I'd have a few drinks and then by five o'clock I'd have to come home. Yeah. Because the bus took an hour and 40 minutes. and so I decided once I was happy and stable again I'm moving to Nottingham itself so I moved to Beeston 
Then I met my lovely wife, and we decided to move in together. Now I'm in Baseford. Okay. But I can say, hand on my heart, and I've said it so many times, I call Nottingham home. I love it. I honestly love this city. It's It has its bad parts. It has its good parts. But everywhere does. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you go or who you are, you will always find one place that resonates with you. Great. From someone, like I said, born, right? I mean, I've I've always lived the same side of Nottingham. I've yeah. never even moved, you know, I've never even lived across the other side of the city. So it's always great when you hear that, you know, people have come here and made it their home. Yeah. And love the place as much as, as I do as someone born and bred here. But I, I mean, I find it, just like you say, so much on. Having been involved in in the sort of local media and done yeah. uh, review sites and things like that. It's staggering how much there is on in the city. Yeah. And also, and as I said, how much it has really grown over from sort of the the late, I guess you'd call it noughties before we got into yeah. the teens, you know, of this of this millennium. It's it's that was Particularly the local scene, especially mm. in terms of local bands, has really exploded, but has also been getting the attention as well that it didn't used to get. You know, it used to be kind of ignored. And I think I, I, social, obviously having the internet has helped a lot with anything like that in terms of, you know, smaller bands being able to yeah. smaller performers. It, it, the internet makes things easier. It makes things harder. Yeah. But like you were saying, it's probably made it easier since the internet has been permanently in the home. But it's only a resurgence what's happening in this city because I've spoken to a lot of older people that remember when there used to be a bus that would leave London to come to Nottingham yeah. to have a night out. I spoke with Peter Lee from a band called Lawnmower Death. They're an old 80s thrash band and they're really quite famous in the alternative scene but he was talking about how people would come all over the country to come to Nottingham now the same happens now yeah I don't know if you've heard of the wild side nights that happens at the salutation yes um, I'm familiar with them yeah glam and sleaze night but it's the UK's premier glam and sleaze metal and rock night People do stay in a hotel just to go to that night. There's nothing else like in the country, supposedly, Yeah. on that sort of grand scale. And it's brilliant. It's nice to know that people come from all over the UK to come here. It's not just my opinion that proves it. No, I mean, we see some great things. And I know you were involved this year, and unfortunately it was the last one, but Macmillan Fest, for example, yes, is huge over the years. I mean, it start, obviously started off as a small gig at much smaller gig down at what was the central now yeah you know long gone like many and has i mean grown into a, a huge multi-venue yeah event um but that was i mean the bands that was able to attract and the people coming all over and you know there used to be an event up at the maze uh, noise level critical another charity event that people would come and book hotels on mantfield road oh i haven't heard of that one. unfortunately it uh it finished Last year, I think it was. Yeah. Like, like McMillanfest, it's just, it was, you know, it was largely run by one or two people, and it's just, there's only so far you could take it, and there's only so much time you can give to that kind of thing. Yeah. But 
and that that's a subject that I I've talked with quite a few people about as as independent media people I'd say I never wanted to ever class myself as that if anyone had asked me when I was a kid are you going to be into media one day and presenting <laughs> do you know what I'd have told them no I'm going to be an astronaut <laughs> or I'm going to be in a famous band and I'm still trying to get there I'll get there don't you wait <laughs> um but this is why we keep talking about liking and sharing and promoting to the world because we have to either stay an independent person or we have to bring people in. Now, this was something that was brought up with one of the promoters whilst we were talking off the microphone. And I won't mention who he is, but you'll know who he is if he listens to this. But we both said we, we would like to hand over our social media to someone else. Yeah. Now, I can't do that because I've instated two rules in my podcast and I have only two rules and I kind of fringe around things sometimes but it's no Brexit no politics and the only reason why I've put them in is simply because it is a podcast about knots and rock Yeah, and tensions are high everyone's got an opinion but it's not what I want on my podcast and it's Every time I mention it or forget to mention it to people, they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm not into that anyway. And I'm like, brilliant, cool, we can get on and talk about the subject. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think they're probably spending so much time, yeah. you know, because it comes up. I mean, it, it has come up on, yeah, because obviously, you know, this podcast, we speak to people from all walks of life. That's brilliant. Yeah, and But that leads back to the whole, I can't allow someone to take over my social media for the fear of... If they've got an opinion, they yeah. have to be very professional, and I have to be very professional, of not stating my opinion to the world on my podcast. Because it does go out to the world. It's not just Nottingham yeah, can get course, it. Yeah. Anyone around the world can get it. And that's the other people I try to help. People who leave, leave Nottingham but still want to hear about yeah. it. Because I've got the Knott's Rockcast profile, and I've got my own profile, even on my own profile nowadays, I won't talk about anything personal. I don't want to. Yeah. And I don't feel I can. And, you know, I'm toying with the idea of taking my personal profile off the internet. But then I follow too many pages that I like seeing. Yeah. So I'm thinking, well, maybe I should just disad everyone. But then everyone will be upset at me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's nothing personal. It's just I don't want that sort of information. I want to go and look at Neve 1073 modules. I want to go look at the latest MacBook. I don't <laughs> really want to see kitty pictures. <laughs> I, I sometimes say that I, when I first sort of started doing local music um, and stuff like that, I should have set up a second profile yeah for that because what happened was i just everyone i was getting involved with and things like that and talked it ended up with them all on my like say personal yeah page so i've got loads and loads of people that i you know some don't you obviously i've made some good friends through doing this people yeah. that i would consider personal friends but then there are other people that are i mean i are people i've got of note i've met or spoke to or got to know at gigs but that I don't wouldn't necessarily class as personal 
friends in yeah. that same sense. But they've all, because I just did it all through one thing, I had a page or a group, I think it was, this was pre-pages. Yeah. Um, but I, I ended up in a position where I was like, well, it's too late now. <laughs> I've got, that's the way it is. Well, um, that's, that's why I've set up the Knots Rockcast podcast page is for listeners. Yeah. So anyone can go like the page. Everyone's going to get the information. Everyone can comment. If a bad comment comes up, I can remove it. I've also had to set up a Knots Rockcast user account. Now I don't know how long that's going to be before Facebook tells me I'm not allowed it or oh, I have yeah. to pay for it. But I've set that up so promoters can add me and people who go to gigs that want me to inform people about their gigs. Yeah. The way that I do my gig guide is they add the user account. I'll accept as a friend, so long as it's not a spam account. They then invite me to their event. It then goes on the calendar. Once it's on the calendar, I read it out. Yeah. And I mispronounce bands' names. <laughs> people have this attachment of wanting to add my personal account. And I just can't accept. I won't. I have too many people on there as it is. Yeah. If you want to add the Knots Rockcast account and you want to talk to me, do so. I'll chat back. But I won't I won't add you to my personal profile because we may have met once or twice, but a friendship is a lot more than adding someone yeah. on Facebook. <laughs> Definitely. And I think you mate you've nailed what I like say what I wish I'd done in yeah. the early days like you say though these days obviously Facebook are quite strict on taking yeah. you know the whole names and you know I've no people in the drag community for example yeah. that have had their accounts blocked because their account is in their performer name oh right things like that I oh, mean that's a shame. I think they've improved on that but they, they they went when they first started hammering down on the fake name because you used to be able to get away with Doing, putting anything as a name on Facebook yeah. for a while and then as it become more as the account start to focus more obviously on monetary things and they, they want businesses all to pay don't they yeah like you said and they started supposedly advertising is not the way forward then <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, there was a spell where people were getting you know I say performers and things were getting their accounts taken down because it wasn't they didn't agree you know it wasn't their legal name or this, I think, as I say, I think that's improved somewhat because obviously there would, would have been a backlash. Well, yeah, there will that. be, but it's 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 a big debate that one. As far as I'm concerned, I completely understand it. I've known some friends with some really weird second names that have had their yeah. pages pulled, <laughs> and you just think, well, you've got to keep the actual fake people out. Yes. And since starting this podcast, I've seen more fake profiles offering me such obscene stuff that it's unbelievable. And I'm just like, wow, how can they not pick up on that? But my mate with the second name of Hiscock gets banned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Facebook algorithms are very strange, as you'll see by the recommended things you often get on there. Mm. <laughs> but... Um, I find it really difficult to grumble too much with Facebook in the sense that it's free service. And it's at the end of the day, if you don't like it, no one thought... I mean, I know it almost feels like you have to be on there these days to a degree, especially if you are doing anything 
business orientated. Um, But, you know, ultimately, Facebook's a business. They're out for their best interests. And I've always said, I I completely agree. It is a free platform. But I have always said when, and I've been on Facebook since early 2000s they'd just released it to the public and i was in it at the time and a friend said oh you need to go on this thing called facebook i looked at it laughed and said there's going to be trouble and he went what no no it's fine i had you as a friend you had me as a friend and we talk i went yeah that's where it starts (laughs) um but i've always used the analogy of walking into someone's house with facebook when people say, oh, that's not fair, Facebook should allow me to do that. I'm like, walk in someone's house, take down one of their pictures, yeah. and then tell them you're allowed to take down one of their pictures. You wouldn't do it, would you? No. <laughs> so you, why, you know, why grumble about a service that you are accepting the terms and conditions? Yeah. That's that's the, the be-all and end-all to it. Either play the game... That's or, it, I mean, it's... You know, and ultimately, mm. obviously, there are questions over the, the the shadier side of the data mining that goes on. But it's the new for the most part. Well, yeah, but I mean, it, there's all that. It's data mining's always been a thing. It's just it used to be collected in different ways, you know. And obviously, it's a lot easier for companies to mm. do it now. But companies, what you know, were always wanting you to fill things in so they could sell your information on and things like that. Well, exactly. It's but not what new. you have to remember is when you go on a device. You do have to decide what you are putting into yeah. it and what you are not. And yes, there's a lot of things that you can't do in this world anymore that you can't not put stuff in. So yeah, when that information shared, it's a bit yeah. But thing I'd like to say as a, like a, a kind of side note is as much as I do a podcast about the alternative scene Nottingham is so much more than that and you find it out from talking to so many people about this place there is not one episode with someone that I've chatted with that we haven't talked about caves yeah <laughs> yeah I'm I'm honestly so amazed that nearly every, I believe nearly every guest or every guest, there has been one mention of caves. But there's so many other little groups and societies in this city that make it amazing. Yeah, and it's, it's incredible. And like you say, mm. it just its entire creative. I mean, it's, it's a city of literature. I didn't it know was, that. Yeah, Nottingham UNESCO City of Literature. It was the um, city of football, very first and only, because I think that then funding disappeared for that, and that whole city of football thing went, but Nottingham was that. And, you know, the music, the music scene, the uh, poetry festivals. Yeah. So the amount of events on, you know, it was the first place where a sort of new independent bookstore opened in over a decade. Really? Yeah, with, I don't know if you're aware, you know, Five Leaves 
It's a little no, book, yeah, it's a little independent bookshop. There's a little alleyway up the side of the works. All right. The it opened, I think it's five years ago now, but at the time it was the first independent bookshop store in the UK, I think, to open wow. in a decade. At a time when everyone was telling us, you know, bookshops were doomed. I um, think books is a brilliant subject. I see more and more people reading. Yeah. And I think it's because they want to put down the smartphone. So. It's it's almost. I mean, I've I've always been an avid reader, and I will read on, you know, on devices. But I do prefer, yeah, a book. But I think it's it now began, and part of that is because if I'm reading on my phone, I will, because I'm on my phone, I will get a message or something, and so yeah. I get distracted from my book. If I'm reading a book, I'll put my phone away, and I think that might be part of it. It's. An actual book is one of the few places where you can escape everything. Yep. Anything else, you do it. You can try and do anything you want on your phone. You will get something distracts you because you'll get a message or a notification or something. And, and then it rolls back to what I yeah. said earlier about you'll shun something. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's your book. Yeah. It's your entertainment. So and it's it's it feels like one of the few places where you do can just escape. Mm. And this is why I I'm dyslexic. I don't know, I can't remember whether I mentioned it earlier, but I, I struggle I struggle with reading, but it has never stopped me. But I've always been a big lover of music. And yeah. MP3s, they're, they're convenient. I think they're very convenient. I, I work with them a lot. They, they're what gets my podcast out. But I'll still go walking around charity shops and I will buy CDs. Yeah. And I will go and buy new albums off bands that I really like. But I'll also, when I'm out at a gig, seven, maybe six, possibly eight times out of ten gigs, I'll buy the band CD. Yeah. Or when I see a band at a festival, I'll buy the CD. Now, I've been collecting the CDs and I love having them about and they're a big pile in the hallway at the moment. The one thing is, I haven't bought a CD player in ages, and the one in my kitchen died. Uh. <laughs> so I am now on a mission to make sure I buy myself a CD player for my studio. Yeah, That is the most craziest thing that I've ever come across in the past month, is I have a music studio in my house with top-of-the-line Adam Audio speakers... And I have no way of playing one of them CDs <laughs> other than turning on my Mac, sticking in the CD in the tray, and then possibly clicking on the Safari button. Yeah. And then that's it. I forget I'm listening to the CD. I have a nice, comfortable chair, so I'm going to buy myself a CD player, whack a CD in, not turn the computer on, and leave my phone downstairs. Yes. <laughs> because, like... I'm, if I have my phone or if I have that computer on, I will shun that music. Yeah. And it's sad for me to say that, being someone into music. <laughs> yeah, and that is, I don't know, arguably maybe it's just like all of this, like you said, so busy, but it's like yeah. shattered our attention spans to a degree. Well, it has. You just can't, people just don't focus on one thing, mm. you know, but, but like, you know, Without any of it, this all this new tech and social media, we won't be sat here 
having this conversation. So, oh, exactly. You know, I mean, podcasting, you know, to get back to that, is, I mean, I've been listening to podcasts for years now, but it really does feel like we're in the midst of a sort of revolution of podcasting. It's huge at the moment. It's everywhere. Yeah. I don't know what will happen with it because if we're getting now to that stage one, obviously that makes it more and more difficult for the small people because now all the big players are getting involved in yeah. it. It's becoming monetized. You know, yeah. big there are big podcasting corporations now like Acast and things like that. And obviously people I like the don't BBC. don't know about that, but... Um, they, they sort of are behind a lot of the... It depends what you listen to. See, I listen to yeah. quite a lot of interview style mm. podcasts. I love uh, the independent ones, and I don't mm. think I'd ever go for a corporate one. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's they're not they're not so much corporate. For example, I mean, I'm a one of the podcasts I've been listening to the longest is Richard Herring. Right, I don't know that. It's uh, Leicester Square Theatre podcast, and he interviews comedians. He has them on, oh, and right, that's cool. all funded by Kickstarters. Things like that. He yeah. does Kickstarters and that to do that. Things like that and you know, Scroobius Pippi has one. And, um, so, but again, it's that thing, and it was always going to happen. Anything like this, as soon as it picks up, it becomes saturated. Yeah, and that makes it so much harder now for the smaller people. But I, that's the same in any world. It's the same in music, isn't it? It's, you know? I was just <laughs> about to say the world of music is so saturated with up-and-coming engineers, producers, and artists to a certain degree. But it's... I hate saying this, but this world has gone from how do I do this? And someone saying, well, you've got two choices, that road or that road, pick one, and I'll tell you when you made the mistake. Yeah. Nowadays, it's how do I do this? Oh, you do it like this, let me show you. And everybody's dragging in so much information because, again, the internet. But they're dragging in so much information that they think, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the next this or I'm going to be the next that and the new biggest craze. And music production's one of them. And podcasting, I can see it going the same way. Like you said, it's really, there's lots of people wanting to do it. And I think, go for it, right? If another person in this county city you know i do it for nottinghamshire not nottingham but if another person wants to rock podcast brilliant go for it because i need to listen to if we think podcasts generally about an hour maybe two hours at most and if i'm working a 40 hour week minus two and a half hours for lunch and i've got roughly about 30 35 hours of time to sit with my headphones on and solder cables I need to listen to more podcasts or else I'll find something else to do. Because again, attention span. Yeah. But I think it's absolutely amazing. It's not, don't be disheartened because you can't, if you're going to set up a podcast, sorry, don't be disheartened because you can't have it like a really professional one. Don't be disheartened because all you can do is sit there with a remote controller uh, remote recorder, sorry, and just record an interview and then upload it. Go for it, do it. People will listen to it. You know, mine's a little more detailed because that's what I've been doing most yeah. of my life is I create music. So I, I created my intro. I 
created the backgrounds. I got people to do vocals for me. And that's me practicing my craft and my art. And I still listen to podcasts that sound horrible, but I won't stop listening to them because there's so much interesting stuff. You know, as much as I'd love to read a book, I struggle to read. I really do. And when I need to read, I'll read a manual. Yeah. And I have to. And I learn it and I'll take it in. But I, I struggle that much that I don't want to force myself to do it or else I'll never do it when I need to. So I will listen to every type of podcast. And I think everybody that wants to do it, go for it. And if you need any help... Send me a message. I'll give you some advice. Yeah. I've got no problems with that. I think one thing you hit on the head there is do it because you want to do it and it's because it's something you want to do something about. Don't do it because you think... And I think this is happening and this is similar to what's happening with, with the world of YouTube, for example. Yeah. People doing it because they see it as a, a way to get either rich or famous. Don't do it for that reason because for everyone that does... There will be hundreds of thousands of us that don't. But if you're doing it because you enjoy doing it, that doesn't. Then none of that matters. Right? You that, just love doing it. <laughs> that is the key point to to all of what I do. I don't do it because I want to make money. I don't do it because I want to become famous. I do it because a I'm practicing my skill. And B, I love the alternative yeah. scene in Nottingham. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, my podcast cost me quite a bit of money. And people keep turning around to me and saying, oh, you're going to set up a Patreon, you're going to set up a Patreon. And I'm like, I don't really want to. But I know at some point I'm going to have to. But for instance, to host my website cost me £16 a month. Now, that, not just the podcast website, it's also my studio website. Yeah. But that's, say, eight quid a month. Then your name costs you eight quid a year or something. something yes, yeah. Silly like that. But then also, because someone is giving me their time, I'm buying them a drink. Every time I have a chat yeah. with someone, I'll buy them a drink. And I've got no problems doing that because they're giving their time over. And it's... Yeah, you know, these people that start things to make money lose the objective. Yeah. And when you are in it for the money, you will not produce something interesting. And take, for example, the two songs a week that I play. Now, I've had music professionally recorded and mastered played on the podcast i've had music recorded in a basement i've had music that's been done by a mate and none of it has been bad music it's all been good music yeah. from people who want to perform sing play guitar play drums that's what i hear i don't hear the quality no, passion. You had a passion. But you will always hear the passion and the emotion from people. Definitely, and I think you, like you say, you can tell. And it, but I do think it's definitely like it sounds bad. But you go into a school nowadays, like you said um, something earlier. Yeah. About um, 
you know, if someone had said to you about going into media when you grow up, you would have gone, I want to be an astronaut. Yeah. And when I was, and that's, you know, that's what people wanted to be. But now you mm. go and ask kids and you'll get, oh, I want to be a YouTuber. I want yeah. to be a famous YouTuber because that's what they've seen. And they've seen these, you know, kids, teenagers swanning around in Ferraris and that because they're making videos. And it's like, yeah, but unfortunately that's because they got in when no one else was doing it. Yeah. And we're now getting to the point where, you know, it's coming, you're seeing that people are going to more and more extreme lengths to, to stand out. And it's... And it's hurting people. Yeah. I don't, I don't know whether it has happened, but someone's going to die from that one day. Yeah. Because all they're doing is chasing the money and chasing the dream. They're not chasing their dream. And yet life is hard. Life's not an easy thing. I'll never tell anyone you can have an easy life because you don't. No. What you have is you have two, I can't remember who said this when I listened to it, but you have two options and both are hard. You have easy now, hard later, or hard now and easy later. You don't get to choose an easy, easy. No. Never. (laughs) And I keep saying it to my wife all the time. I keep saying I'm doing the hard now. I'm always a hard now sort of person. I wake up at five o'clock in the morning. I get myself ready and I have the hard part of the day out of the way. So when I get to four o'clock, leave work. Well, yeah, let's say four o'clock because I actually leave work at that point. Everyone will dis dis me if I say I include my tram time in my work time. As far as I'm concerned, it's not 40 hours a week, it's 60. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Because it takes me an hour to get to work and back. So, you know, I include that. But people are like, well, no, you're actually sat on a tram. But hang on, that's time I can't ever get back. Yeah, your commute and getting to work is is Mm. part of your working day. Yeah. Because you've got to, it's just, you know, you've got to be out at a certain time. You've got to be, you can't. You know, it's not like you can go, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll get the tram in half an hour and I'm ready. Yeah. Your working day starts the minute you leave your... Well, it's arguably yeah. starts the minute you get up. <laughs> and that is that is reflected by people that who rush and rush to work. Like I say, I wake up at five o'clock. I don't have to be at work till eight and it takes me an hour to get around on the tram. I have a nice, slow, gentle get ready in the morning and I make sure all my stuff's sorted I leave the house round about half six in no rush and I get to the tram stop and the tram I get on is not the tram I need for work. It's two trams before. So if I get on that tram, I get to work half an hour early. If I get on the tram after that, I get to work quarter of an hour early. If I get on the tram after that, I'm... About five minutes, yeah, or just in time. But if I get on the tram after that, I'll be late. And it, my dad's always said to me, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't show up. <laughs> <laughs> and I've always lived by that. And I've always, I never rush, I never stress. And stress can be brought on so much, but I, I don't need that in my life. So I don't. I do the hard now, and I have the easy later. When it gets to four o'clock, let's say, or four thirty, I think four thirty is a better better estimate because that means I'm in the centre of town. 
I then have a decision, go home and spend two and a half hours in my studio and do stuff, or go and meet someone for a chat, or I can be an adult and I can go to the pub. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got all my hardships out of the way, and at that point, I can make a decision and have it easy. Excellent. Yeah, I quite like that saying. That's quite good. Which one? The uh, the choices thing. You know, you well not. You know, it's yeah, easy, easy now, hard later, hard now, easy later. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And I, I think it was Chris Graham off the Six Figure Home Studio podcast that said that, or or his partner. Oh, I've forgotten his name. And I did this the other day. <laughs> oh, you, oh, yeah, it's complete. It's what happened in your Brian Hood. Hood. It's Chris Graham and Brian Hood that do the six-figure home studio. Now, they're capitalising a bit on the fact that everybody wants to be a studio engineer. But they did the one thing that no one else has done in the music industry. They've said, everyone's teaching us how to use a mixing desk. Everyone's teaching you how to record a guitar. The both of them are nerds. The best way to put it, they're nerds in the music industry. And they said they love looking at spreadsheets. Now, they went, well, why don't we start a business music podcast? And that's all they talk about is the business side of it. Like you said, though, and, that, and that's probably an area where so many people that, that try and get into something like mm. Music Studio and, like you said, learn every little bit of technical. But, they but if, you make, the if you start a business and you don't know the business side of it, you won't mm. have a business for very long and you will potentially get yourself into a, a huge mess. Yeah. If you can't run your business successfully, yeah. you or you know, you're possibly talking about all sorts of problems, debts and yeah. creditors and all sorts of things. It's not just that, it's like because like with my podcast, I play music on it. Now it's all local bands, because I think the local bands need to be given the chance to be heard. So if people are listening five hundred times a week, that band's gonna get listened to I think the most listened podcast at the moment is about 350 people have listened to it. That means the two bands that were played, actually there was three bands on that podcast, but all of them three bands have been listened to, all the songs have been listened to 350 times. That's great. That's absolutely brilliant. Well, I tell you what, if I just rung the band up or saw the band and said, oh, can I just play your music? They hand me a CD and that band becomes famous in years down the line, and then their record company goes, oh, we need some money off you because you've been playing that song. Yeah. I haven't looked at the business side of it, and now I've just been landed a big bill for however many plays in 10 years' time, and it could be a lot of money, but I looked at the business side of it and said, I get in contact with the bands, I give them my email address, they must physically send me the MP3 or WAV file as proof that I can play it. Yeah. I have absolute undeniable proof that I can play their music. Yeah. Well, um, that's, and that's where people miss a lot of business side. Did a similar, we had did a similar kind of thing. Yeah. When we had bands in the studio, we would actually have them sign. Yeah. Something saying, you know, you can we can use that mm. in, you know, clips of that in future episodes, etc. Yeah. And it's um, horrible. It's horrible that it's had to come to that. Yeah. But it's just the way life is yeah. these days. And as you say, it's not those people. Probably not those people that are ever going to make an issue out of it. It's like you no. say, it's the people that that take control of them later yeah. on. You know, the agents, the 
companies, yep. the lawyers and things the like that. The nomarchs that sit there with a pen and paper and it's their job. Yeah. I do... I, I, no mark's a bit of a harsh word because there's probably someone sat there. I'm taking offence to this. <laughs> but someone sat there and told to do a job and all they're doing is fulfilling their job. And yes, you will get caught out if you don't play by the rules. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's certain rules that people say are meant to be bent or broken. I don't believe in it. Play by the rules or choose a different game. I think, and and it is, and there are a lot of people that think, oh, well, it, because I'm only doing this little podcast or this online thing, station, you know, radio thing from my bedroom or this online yeah. YouTube, I'll be all right. But they, if they spot you, they don't care how small you are. No. And you might not be in 10 years. And then people, and like you said, the bands might, they might be your mate's band. Yeah. From around the corner but it's not when my, you play them on, but it might not be in 10 years. But it might not be my mate that's running the record company exactly, or something yeah. like that. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's a crazy world these days and you really, you really do have to put your all into it. And it doesn't matter whether you start from the beginning or you start halfway through. You have to, it's like going on stage. If a band goes on stage and sees 10 people, right, and does not play their best gig, right, one of them people could walk away and say to 20 more people that, oh, they're crap. Yeah. I didn't swear then. <laughs> <laughs> but, they're, you know, they're not a good band. That's 10, that's 20 people that are now not going to watch them. But if they'd have walked on that stage with 10 people and played their absolute heart out, that 10 people would have told 20 people each. So you're talking big numbers yeah. then. So then the next time they get on stage, they can then perform to more people. And it's the same with podcasting. I was excited that I was getting... 20 people listening a week when I first started and now it's over 500 and I'm going where has all these people come <laughs> from and the like I said I don't I did not do this for the fame and I still get shy when someone goes I recognize your voice <laughs> I'm like yeah. oh god or I've seen you on Instagram and it's like <laughs> Cool, good. Talk about the bands. <laughs> that's that's what I'm doing it for. So, um, getting back to the podcast, because as is often the way when on this show yeah. with the conversations, it flows all over the place. I, um, when I was sort of looking at it, I noticed you, you just got actually coming up to, I think, the, a year since you launched it. It was last October, wasn't it? Or when you released yeah. your first episode. So, that was uh, rather fortuitous timing on the part of this. So, and I know that um, you sort of, you're on about, is it 38 or so? shows now yes 30 so yes 38 and moving towards 50 which obviously is going to be a special yes show so um 
Do you want to sort of tell us a bit more of that and where the idea to do that came from as well? Because that's quite a... Yeah, certainly. I, as I say, listen to other podcasts. Now, I started my podcast and I... Stolen's a big word. I have taken inspiration from other podcasts. And I've changed things to make it what it is today. I've had a bit of news, which Bobby Ozinski does. I've had a bit of talking and voiceovers, like Working Class Audio. But Working Class Audio did one thing at the 100th episode. And they invited an audience into a studio and recorded a podcast. And I liked that idea. I think it's a brilliant idea when you get people physically involved in something. They then take away something more than just the information and the enjoyment of what podcasting's about. So on the 1st of December, I've decided to do a live, well, not live, the first audience attended podcast. I'm taking over the upstairs of the salutation. And yeah, as fortuitous that I've already announced the all the bands now, so I can say it all. <laughs> um, so I'm ta- overtaking the upstairs at the salutation. We're going to record two one-hour slots of a panel of four people. So it's not just one guest, it's four guests. Now there's Nikki that works behind the bar at the salutation. There's Paula Woods, who's one of the dancers for Wildside, the Glam Sleeves Club that we were talking about yeah. earlier. Then I've got Stoff, which is the basis from Witch Tripper, which, if you don't know who Witch Tripper is, no matter what music you're into, go look them up now. Oh, they yeah. are an amazing band. It's called Stoner Rock and Stoner Metal, and they have done songs that I think everyone would enjoy. I then have the fourth panel member, which is the host of the Bloodstock Festival. So the guy that gets up on stage introduces the bands. His name's Rob Bannister. And he is an absolute gentleman. He really is. When I met him in person, I was like, wow, there's like such a big persona on stage. But again, podcasting has this great ability to take someone that you look up to or you see has a persona and actually bring them down to earth so you can realize that one day you could be there. So I'm really glad to have him on. Now I thought, okay, I could get people to turn up to the salutation and get them to listen to recording a podcast. And I thought, well, I just want to make it a bit more fun than that. So during the break between the two podcast recordings, there's a local artist, Pixie Sticks. She's going to be playing because she's um, an alternative acoustic artist. Yeah. Now, like I said, I don't know. Alternative covers so many ranges of things. So I thought she's a brilliant candidate to have on for the half an hour whilst everyone can have a break because... I can't sit here for over no. an hour, so I don't know what we're at now. And I'm, <laughs> I usually can't sit there for more than an hour and not need to have a break. Yeah. A, you need to. B, your brain turns to mush. But then I decided, okay, 
alternative people like bands, let's get some bands on. So I asked a rock band called The Addiction to play. I asked a band that I'm friends with to play, which is Three Years of Winter, amazing band. So is The Addiction, to be honest. All these bands are amazing. Everyone from Nottingham is. Yeah. I can't say that enough. And then the third band I decided wasn't my choice. As much as I could call it my podcast, I could call it Nottingham's Alternative Scene podcast. It's all of our podcasts. So I recorded a video, Spare yeah. of the Moment, and you can go to the podcast page on Facebook and you'll see the video down further down. And it'll keep going further down the longer you leave it. But it's the only video on there at the moment, so you'll probably just find it in the video section. But I thought I'd do a personal message to say, this is what I want to do. This is the event. This is the date. I'll tell you how much it's going to be in, later on. But then I made clear in the video that I wanted the not rockers, as I call the audience, <laughs> figuratively. <laughs> um, I wanted to, I wanted them to choose the final band. So for everyone to tell, like, share, get the name of the band below the video, and then get all your friends to like it. And it turned out that it was Slow Mo 75, which is a band from around the Mansfield area, okay. I believe. Absolutely. Again, another band. I couldn't have picked a better band with my two choices because I've got a bit of everything. Yeah. Which is really good. So it's on a Sunday because as much as like, I, I, I drink, I don't, don't, you know, you only have to listen to my Macmillan recordings recently. Um, we'll skip over that. But I didn't want everyone to... Th- see the podcast recording as a chance to have a knees up. Yeah. So it is on a Sunday, starts at four o'clock in the afternoon, so we can get the podcast recording and people can have a casual drink. Now, making it four o'clock means they can have a roast dinner before. The kitchen's open at the salutation, so you can make a whole day of it. And then the bands are looking to conclude just about half nine, ten o'clock. It's not going to be late. And it's going to be a day. Excellent. So even if you are at Working. work or college yeah. or uni, whatever, the next day, you can you aren't going to have to skip out on any of the bands to get off early because no. that, you know, I don't know if you've, you know, I'm sure we've all been there where you've wanted to see a band, but you've thought, oh, it's, it's getting on for like 10, 11. Yeah. Like, especially on a Sunday night, it's not as, you know, when it used to be like, well, last bus home, <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. If I'm not on that, it's... <clears throat> It's a six-mile walk or whatever. Yeah. But like you see, you can, you can get in. You can, as you said, yeah. you've got time to have some dinner. You can have it at the sale if you want. Yeah. So get in, enjoy the, the podcast recording and have a bit of a knees up afterwards. So the pool, to, the pool, the, yeah, the attraction for the bands for this, like I've said, money's not what I'm in this for, but I do want to pay for the podcast next year. I don't really want it to come out my own pocket. Yeah. I can't expect bands to play for nothing. So the fact that I'm recording the podcast that day, my whole studio remote rig is going to be there and I'm going to be recording all the band sets live and the bands get the multi-tracks. So that's all the individual microphones. They'll get the whole lot. 
this is not as much as that might sound to some people like a like a small consolation prize it's not a cheap thing to get an audio engineer to record you live it is not in the slightest so i'm really hoping we get some really good material then i'll play a couple of songs from each recording that i'll mix myself again giving me some practice because that was the other aim of the podcast is that i can practice with this but I would like to hear them bands take the multi-tracks away and create a live CD that then they can sell to then get themselves to and from gigs. Yeah. So it's completely up to them. They can take the mix that I will do or they can get someone else to mix it. I'm not fussed. I'm just going in for the practice. But I want to give them something that's substantial. Yeah. Because I can't... I can't physically afford to pay for the live sound engineer that I've got to have there at the salutation anyway, which is Martin, absolute amazing chap. I can't pay for all the equipment that I've paid for for this. You know, there's a lot that you sometimes, like we were talking, you've got um portable recorder. I've bought a portable recorder. They're over 200 mm, quid. They're not cheap, eh? But I don't want to compromise on... The quality. So I will turn up with my MacBook to record people. So, yeah, I really, honestly, it's all, it's all, what's the word? There's a lot you have to throw into the mix. And I really hope I am getting a good result. <laughs> That's the main thing. That's it. And like you said, and it's not just money, but as we started at the very beginning, it's time. Mm-hmm. It is. It is, and it is time. So, and I think, as I say, and I think, you know, like I say, you talked about how there weren't much around in terms of Nottingham Alternative podcasts. Yeah. And I think that one of the issues is that people, there are people out there that want to do something like this, mm. but don't realise how much time it takes. And then, so you'll get lots of times where podcasts will start, disappear, and things yeah. like that, because it is, and you know, even doing what we do, which is, you know, it's a audio only, yeah. you know, it's just a conversation. There's no, mm. no gigs, there's no, no performances, but even that, you know, obviously there's the prep work that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but, the actual recordings, the editing, the, and like, and arguably the biggest thing is the promoting of it. <laughs> yeah, it is. That is the biggest, sole biggest thing that I struggle with the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. i want to do more of it i i have weeks where i do well on instagram i have weeks where i don't post anything and it's a shame really yeah and then you have to do the rest of your life out of it of course (laughs) but that's you know people don't see that part which they don't need to no as far as you don't want if the people are seeing that side of it you've done things aren't working out (laughs) but i've talked to people that want to do Cosplay podcasts, want to do beer podcasts, want to do... I can't remember the other one. I think it was talking to obscure people in Nottingham, whatever that means. I'm like, go for it. If you need any help, again, contact me. Anyone can contact me at knotsrockcast at gmail.com. And if they want some help with a podcast, ask. You know, I do mine a little more lavish than some of the ones I listen to. Yeah. But, you know, you can do it really simply. 
You can do it really lavish, but at the end of the day, like we've both said, just do it in what you're interested in and from the heart. Definitely, yeah, that's it. Mm. And that comes through. People will know that. I mean, and like you said as well, take inspiration. Yeah. You said you've taken inspiration from what you listen to. The, you know, the idea for this came around from, because like, I listened to a lot of interview podcasts, yeah. you know, and they're with big name people. And I thought, yeah. I love that format, but I want to talk to everything I've always done in in the sort of media mm-hmm. that I've done in that has always been about the local yeah. scene, you know. So I, I, I had a website that was focused on local entertainment. I did a local music show on local video. So it was, again, it was about doing something I was really passionate about, but mm. I wanted to do it about the people of Nottingham, whether it be the well-known people that have, not, you know, have grown up in Nottingham, yeah. to the, just the people that are going out there doing stuff, yeah. to the organisations, the charities. Um, but, yeah, so don't don't listen to things. I don't think you can't do something just because someone else mm. is doing something similar. Well, exactly. Do it, take that inspiration, but give it your own spin about what you yeah. care about and what you're passionate about. Yeah. Exactly. All right, I'll uh, get things wrapped up soon, but um, before really I do... questions? Come on. Um, well, I just wanted to, obviously, a key part of this is to make sure people know how they can, A, listen to the podcast, and B, you know, there might be people out there that want to send you music, want to get in touch with you. Yep. So what are the best ways to, to find the podcast and to get hold of you? Well, the podcast is mainly notsrockcast at gmail.com. The website, let me start again, is <laughs> notsrockcast.co.uk. The main email address is notsrockcast at gmail.com. And you can, add, well, you can like the page on Facebook, Notsrockcast Podcast. There's a user account for promoters and bands to add as a friend to send the events. And to listen to the podcast, Go on the website, knotsrockcast.co.uk, or search Knots Rockcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Deezer. Uh, the list goes on. It keeps flashing up saying there's new podcast yeah. providers everywhere. But you can generally just type Knots Rockcast into Google and you'll find it. Yeah, yeah, most of them, if, if you've got a a decent podcast app on whatever mm. you know your phone whatever then usually they're most of them are drawing their stuff out of yeah. itunes and that so i i use something called podcast addict oh cool um which is a you know an android one mm. and but yeah any podcast app like you say yeah just search for it now i will say the cheeky thing when i came up with the name not rockcast it's a play on words for not podcast. Yeah. Now people don't hear you too well when you're in an alternative pub. So I bought notspodcast.co.uk as well because people kept searching for it and going, well, it's not under that address. <laughs> so I just bought the name for it, directed it to the website. Wow. <laughs> Excellent. I see. No, that's what I say. You, anything that gets you don't want people to miss out because of a. Uh misunderstanding well i will definitely be liking and sharing your podcast and i will probably be avidly following to be honest because again it's finding out about local stuff yeah i love and i find so interesting excellent one of the things i like as well that you've done which i didn't 
realised when I first heard, because the first time I think I heard of the podcast was via Macmillan. Yeah. Because um, I know Chris quite well from that. And yeah. in the past, uh, we've sponsored it and, yeah. know, in the early years. And I saw you, a post you put up about being involved in that. And it was only sort of then, and one of the things I like is that you, and you, you did mention this earlier, you don't just speak to bands. No. You speak to promoters, you speak to sound engineers. Yeah. You speak to the people that you might say are, in quotes, behind the scenes. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be speaking to shops I've got coming up. I'm going to be speaking to dancers. I'm going to be speaking to fans as well. There's a couple of fans out there that actually want to get on the podcast. Excellent. Certainly. They're like, you sure? Am I going to be interested? I'm like, <laughs> everybody's interested. You just have to ask a load of questions and find that one bit. <laughs> Excellent. And that's great. And like you say, because that's it. The, the Nottingham music alternative scene, creative scene as a whole, is made up of everybody involved. Yeah. From the performers, engineers, promoters, then, you know, mm. bar staff. Venues. Well, yeah, and it's Everyone. the people. And the com- it's a community. Yeah. And I, I don't want to spoil it too much if everybody, if anyone's appetite's whetted for the, my podcast. But I asked the most cheekiest, uh, lead-driven question at the end of it to every guest. I asked them, what, in your opinion, makes the not alternative scene great? And I, it was only one guest that went, well, that's a bit leading, isn't it? And I'm like, <laughs> you can just say, it, you know, I don't think it's great. And I'm still waiting for that one guest that's going to tell me that. <laughs> but then I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought they'd have been on the podcast. No, but that'd be a great soundbite for your promotional stuff, wouldn't it? Yeah. You can just put it, tune in to find out who doesn't like the knots. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, brilliant. Excellent. Well, I'm going to wrap things up now yeah and uh, let you get back to the evening but thank you very much for joining us that's right i've had an um, absolute blast great. I, like i said at the beginning i'm on the other side of it it's yeah. brilliant <laughs> and then you can yeah it's uh it's it's nice to have someone and talk about that side of it and say so it was it was great to talk to to someone who kind of usually is the same side of the yeah. life that i am and like i said any help you need to anyone in that's even remotely thinking about setting up a podcast, I'm more than happy to talk and help. You know, it's you can do it with a USB microphone, a set of headphones, and a laptop. You can, and that's it. If it is, you know, don't be intimidated by it. Like I said, there is there is some huge podcasts out there, and that can mm. make it seem intimidating. But there are there are also loads and loads like ours. You know what you might call DIY podcast. If you've got, if there's something you want to get out there, and you think that's the right format for it, yeah, there is. And there, it, it podcasts are open for everything. I mean, I've listened to podcasts, like you know, music podcasts, interview podcasts, serialized podcasts where it's like a story. And yeah. I've listened to shows that you, you know, almost. I listened to a a Wolverine. Shut, you know, a story. Yeah, it was oh, an that's actual, cool. Yeah, it was an actual like six-part series. I have just started listening to one called Twenty Thousand Hertz. Okay, and it's brilliant. They've talked about the invention of touch touch tone telephone okay. tones. They've talked about the person that said 
you got mail. Oh, <laughs> and it's it's a podcast literally just talking about sound in the natural world. It's amazing. Excellent. I listen, One of my favourites I listened to this year was one called um, 30 Minutes to the Moon. Oh, right. And it was, because <clears throat> obviously it was the anniversary, the 50th anniversary this year of the Apollo. Yeah. And this was, uh, it was a podcast basically about the last 30 minutes. So it was when the, the sort of lander detached from yeah. the main rocket. And they spoke to, there was audio footage from, so they had audio footage from the actual shuttle yeah. from Mission Control. They spoke to people involved and dug into that. And that was fascinating if you, you know, I'm a bit of a science. Mm. I find it fascinating and we won't go into the conspiracy theories <laughs> on it. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, but that's what I mean. But there's, there is so much out there mm. and it is it's such an open platform and that the best thing about it, and you said it earlier, is you can just, you know, go out there and do it. Mm. You don't need a huge setup behind you to do it. If you've got a passion about something... Even if you just want to sit there and talk to the world about your favourite book, TV show, magazine, the, yeah. your favourite place to go. You mean you can sit there and do a, a podcast about why you love Wallet and Park? Yeah. Or anything like that. And there will be people with that that share that passion. Exactly. Who want to listen to it. And before you know it, you'll be giving up every minute of free time you've got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I will set up a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. And it's been great chatting to you. And uh, I've really enjoyed really it. Enjoyed it. So there you go, quite a long one this week, but it was an absolutely fantastic chat. Great to sit down with Jethro. Uh, great to have him the other side of the mic and a great delve there into the world of podcasting. And as we said, if you're sitting here listening and thinking you've got an idea for a podcast, do it. It's great fun, but, you know, be ready to put the time in. Hopefully you really enjoyed that. Let us know what you think. Give us a shout out. Have your thoughts on that episode? You can, as always, facebook.com forward slash ngdigital at NG Digital UK on Twitter. Uh, available, obviously, the podcast is available at ngdigital.podbean.com and on iTunes, uh, Podcast Addict, and all the usual podcast apps, etc. Give us a like, review, let us know what you think, and let us know you'd like on the show. As previously mentioned, you can find the Knots Rockcast at knotsrockcast.co.uk or at facebook.com forward slash knots rockcast and uh, check out that upcoming event they've got sunday the december the first at the old cell their first recording in front of a live audience which is part of their uh, which is their 50th episode fantastic achievement great work it's a fantastic show uh, as i said at the beginning if you want in a place to start if you're not familiar with the podcast check out episode 40 the top 10 podcast birthday special and that'll give you a feel for it. So there we go. Next week's guest is uh, Matt Turner. He's the chairman of Pedals, which are a local campaigning group who uh, 
campaign to improve cycling in and around Nottinghamshire. And we talked to uh, Matt about cycling in Nottinghamshire, public transport in general, the kind of things that need to improve and the importance of a key cycling infrastructure is in getting people out cycling. As a cyclist myself, it was a great chat and it was interesting to discuss how different parts of Nottinghamshire are in terms of what's available to cyclists and what hopefully can come in the future. That's next week's episode. We've got plenty more lined up, more guests that will hopefully be announcing in the coming weeks. So keep an eye on all the usual social media places for that. Once again, thanks for listening. I know this was quite a long episode, so many, many thanks if you've stuck with us till the end. And we'll be back next week. This is NG Meets from NG Digital.